Heavenly Father, great is your faithfulness. You love us in those moments when we're down. You love us in those moments when we're high. You love us in all of the aspects of our life. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your steadfast love. We need that. We need you more in our life. And we come to you here this morning asking you to touch our hearts, speak to our minds, help us to see you more clearly. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Christ Community Church. Uh, this Sunday is our first Sunday of our summer service, so we're starting at 10 a.m., and it's great to be here, isn't it? It's great to see everybody in the room. Uh, one thing that is a little different is we were planning on having our kids' ministry outside, um, but weather permitting, right? So today we're not able to do that, but we will be doing that going forward um, and just ask that you have your kids register when they come in to the Welcome Center, and then we'll send them out during the, the sermon time. But um, most importantly, we have a, a very special guest with us today, and I want to introduce someone who really needs no introduction, um, someone who is really a member of our family, who's been away for a little while, but we're welcoming him back. So welcome back, Pastor Al. <laughs> Well, good morning, church. Good to see you. It's been 16 months. I never got to say goodbye. So I, I, today I'll do that, say goodbye to you, but I'm going to say hello first, you know. It's just so great to be here. The church closed in March of 2020, and then we went online, and then Pastor Josh came, and uh, today I get to come back and officially see you face-to-face -face and say hello and goodbye. How do you like Pastor Josh? Yeah, yeah. I hear some great things, see some good things. I hope that you pray for him and his family every day. I hope you tell him how much you appreciate that he's here. God pulled a miracle when he brought Josh here. So glad about that. I like sign out there. And, uh, and the band. I miss the band. Good to see you, and uh, Marie and I go to different churches around Erie, and when I see and hear the songs that you sing here, like all three of them today, other churches are singing, what do I think about? I think about the Lord, and I think about Christ Community Church, and the band, and all the good times we had while uh, I was here as you brought uh, us before the Lord. I want to give you a brief update on my life since I last saw you. With COVID uh, coming after I left here, there were no inquiries at all about interim ministry. Nobody was ringing my phone, and, you know, it just wasn't happening. Churches changed how they did things, and uh, I'm not ready to retire. And I would say to the Lord, Coach, would you play me? Would you play me? Come on. Well, Thanksgiving uh, of 2020, Marie and I went to our son's house in Canton, Ohio. And uh, that night, uh, my father-in-law was with us. He fell to the floor with a stroke. And so everything changed for the last, it was a nightmare these past six months. He finally passed away five days after his 93rd birthday. The Lord called for him. Now, Marie is one of five of his children. She's the only local one. And so all the work has fallen to Marie in there. And what did God say to me? I am playing you. <laughs> if you were an interim ministry, your wife would probably be crazy by now. She needs you by her side. We've been working long days and everything. So I had to step back and see that God knows what he's doing. My interim ministry was with my wife, ministering to our family. 
And I'm so glad to see that God works that way. We don't always know. Well, with COVID settling down and coming under control, I hope, uh, there is some activity. I have two churches that have talked to me about interim ministry, and I'm praying for God's direction. So enough catch up. I wish I could catch up with every one of you here in the, in the church today. God laid a sermon on my heart today. Uh, it wouldn't go away. I try to think of other things, say, well, Lord, do you want me to speak on this? That, no, no, I want you to speak on this. And today, there are so many voices out there. I want to talk about how to hear God's voice. How do you know he speaks to you? Because God does speak today. Is there an amen? amen? He speaks. How does he speak? Do we know how he speaks today? And uh, you can't help but see God speaking in the Bible all the way through. Over and over, God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Jeremiah. God spoke to Paul. God spoke to Peter. That's just scratching the surface. And when God finished writing the Bible, he didn't stop speaking. He didn't go silent. He still speaks today. And the big question is, how does he speak? And are we listening? Now, if you don't know the major ways that God speaks to you, you're probably not going to hear his voice. So today I want to talk to you about eight major ways that God speaks to us today. And if you don't know these, you're probably going to miss his voice, and that's a huge mistake. So my big idea, and you know me well enough, I have a big idea for every sermon, the main point. <clears throat> God speaks to us today in many ways. God speaks to us today in many ways. And what we're going to do now for the rest of our time is to look at eight of those ways that he speaks. And we need to be listening, and I'm going to present those ways to you, starting with, number one, the most important one, the Bible, the Word of God. This is the major way, the most common way that God speaks. And the Bible was written mainly not for history or all those kinds of things. It was written so that God could take a medium today and speak to us. And for 3,000 years, God has used the written word to speak to his people. And he still speaks to us today. But the question is, how many Americans are tuned in to the word of God? Well... The American Bible Society did its 10th annual State of the Bible report in 2020, so it's pretty current. And it revealed that only 9% of Americans read the Word every day. 9%. So there's not a lot of people listening. There were some, in fact, that was the lowest figure since they started doing that 10 years, the lowest figure of Christians reading the Bible, Americans, that is. And a few other statistics, 10% read the Bible several times a week, and 34% never uh, read it. It's amazing. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And it's all God's Word, cover to cover, and all of it is profitable. Now, God will speak to you about many things as you read the Bible. What will He speak to you about? Is there a promise? He'll speak to you. Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a command to obey? Is there an example to follow? Is there an adjustment to make in your life? Is there a new insight you have about God? And God is up in heaven just waiting for you to open up the word so he can speak to you along these lines. Now, you don't have to agree with me on this, but I've been doing this for 45 years, teaching and preaching the word of God. And I'm convinced that there is a direct answer or applicational principle for everything you will ever face in the pages of the word of God. God's got your back no matter what it is. And to get into the Word on a daily basis, He will speak to you. He will apply something to you. He will help you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And He'll speak to you through His Word. So if you're interested in 
hearing from God, the first thing you do is get into the Word of God and pick some of the easier passages first. You know, don't get in the weeds somewhere in Ezekiel uh, 40 through 48 in the temple or something like that. If you're having trouble, you've got friends. Study the Bible with a friend. Talk to them about, hey, I don't understand this. Just show me this and bless me. And, but the point is, be sure you're in the Word on a consistent basis. If there's just 9% of you in this congregation in the Word every day, that's not enough. I want all of you to be in the Word of God. Every one of us, God's speaking to us. Now, I realize there are other ways that God speaks, and I'm going to turn to them in just a moment. But I want you to understand that all the other seven ways I'm going to talk about today are governed by the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, forget it. It's not the voice of God. So this is the foundation of the voice of God. The other seven that follow right now have to line up with the Word of God. So here's the second way God speaks. The Word of God, number one. Number two, He speaks in prayer when you pray. And again, a lot of Christians aren't praying either, but they only hear the Word of God. A lot of people think praying is talking to God. But have you ever considered that a lot of praying is listening to God? We talk to God so often that we don't shut up and we can't hear Him speak to us. And so it's very important to understand that we have to be tuned to his voice. I see many instances in the scriptures when people are praying and God speaks to them. Daniel, praying in chapter 11, God sent an angel to speak to him about what was going to happen to Israel in the latter days. And then in Acts chapter 10, a centurion by the name of what? Cornelius was praying. God sent an angel to direct him to Peter. He spoke to him while he was praying. The next day, Peter was praying. When God gave him a vision about Cornelius, he said, hey, this guy's going to show up at your door. Lead him to Christ. The apostle John was in prayer. He said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I think that was, he was in the spirit of prayer. A loud voice gave him the book of Revelation, it says in chapter 1. Now, I'm not talking about angels and visions and voices happening while we pray today, but I do believe that God wants to speak to us in prayer. So what does this look like? Well, two things. Number one, we need to have times of silence in prayer. We need to be quiet. We need to be time we hush before the Lord, say, Lord, you want to speak to me. I'm going to be quiet for a while. You know what? After a while, he will. You'll get used to his voice that way. The second part is when you are silent and you get a strong thought that grabs your attention and it won't let go. I have found that's most likely God speaking to me in prayer. It will not leave my mind. It will not leave my spirit. And when it happens, you get a feel for it. Now, does this happen all the time, every day in my prayer life? No. But we need to provide the setting for God to speak. The setting is quiet before him. What is God likely to say while we listen? We might get a strong action to take in our mind. We might get someone to call that comes to mind, someone to forgive, someone to pray for, a sense of direction, something to deal with in your own life. These things God speaks to us about in prayer, captures our mind. And you'll know it when it happens because there's a spiritual pressure that comes when he speaks to us. And so I recommend have a notebook or you'll forget. And so when he speaks the spiritual pressure to you and you feel like he's saying something to you, write it down when you leave the prayer room or wherever you pray, then expect to carry forth in the day. Now, you might be saying, isn't this rather subjective? My answer, yes, (laughs) it is. But just remember, whatever you sense God saying in prayer, if it lines up with the scripture, I think he's talking to us. 
Now, the big thing I want to impress upon you in prayer is take time in your prayer time to listen for God. And if he doesn't speak, take advantage of Psalm 46.10, which says, be still and know that I am God. Well, there's a third way God speaks. It's preaching and teaching. He speaks through that medium today. It's a gift to the church. And those who teach and preach direct us. They nurture us. They help guide us. They help us get a conviction. They help us to seek change in our behavior, some kind of action step as they teach and preach. That's God's voice to us. And unless the teacher or preacher is off the wall, God has something to say every time a preacher gets up and speaks. Teaching and preaching is an act of God speaking to people on his behalf. Now, let me give you some advice. Listen to as much teaching and preaching as you can, not only on Sunday, but during the week. I tell you, I listen to a lot of teaching and preaching throughout the week, and it's so refreshing. It's so helpful to me. And I can tell that when the teaching and preaching is going on, again, I know that God is speaking to me through what I call spiritual pressure. I can feel it. And there's a pressure within that challenges me, or there is even a spirit of elation and pleasure as I listen to it. That's God speaking. Now, teachers and preachers are God's idea, gifts to the church, so that he can speak to his church through human agency. And the goal of God's voice is for us to take an action step and to grow up in Christ. That's what his voice through teaching and preaching is all about. Now, I can't tell you the many times God has spoken to me during teaching and preaching. I mean, it volumes over my life. But I want to highlight just one of them. Still, is in my heart today. This goes back to before our children days, Marie and me. We tried everything we could medically to have a child. It wasn't happening. So Marie started getting this bright idea that we're going to adopt. I said, are you kidding me? We're not adopting. I'm not getting somebody else's kids. I want our own kids. I'm a servant of the Lord. He should bless me with a child. <laughs> That's the way I was thinking, you know. And so I went down to a conference and Helen Rosevere, I'll never forget her, missionary to Congo, got up and spoke. And she began to speak. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon me and said, I want you to adopt a child. I want you to adopt a child. My heart was changed immediately from absolutely not to this is what God wants me to do. I don't know how it happened. It just happened in the preaching of the Word of God. I couldn't wait to get home to Marie and tell her, that God had changed my mind and my heart, and she was elated. Five months later, we welcomed Jason into our home. And you know what? Jason's with us today. Would you wave? There, there he is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, God has ways of working through the teaching and preaching ministry of the Word of God, even if they are boring. <laughs> he can speak. The fourth way. God speaks through circumstances. Now, this can be a little less reliable than others that I just talked about here. But nonetheless, God often speaks through circumstances. The circumstances of life, I am convinced, are not random and beyond the sovereignty of God. All the way through the Bible, God spoke through circumstances. He spoke in trials and storms and war, imprisonments and banquets and famines and favorable and unfavorable winds, even wet and dry fleeces. God spoke through 
circumstances to make his will known. Take Acts chapter 16, for instance. The apostle Paul was on his way to take the gospel eastward to Asia Minor. The Spirit of God, it says, would not allow it. And then a vision appeared to Paul one night, and this man from Macedonia would say, come over and help us, which Paul did. And the gospel went westward instead of eastward. It was a circumstance that changed everything. Now, I realize that circumstances alone cannot be our guide. In fact, the devil is good at arranging circumstances to deceive us about the the voice of God. But when God gets ready to show us his will about something, he often ties it to what's already happening in our circumstantial life. How about, for instance, open and closed doors? I'm at this point right now, circumstances. I take people to Israel every year on trips. Last year, God closed the door due to COVID. This year, we've got a group going. But I see right now a door with a hinge on it. Some some days it's swinging closed. Some days it's swinging open. I really don't know which way it's going to go. I know in the next couple of weeks it's going to go open or closed. What am I reading this? God will speak through an open or a closed door to me about whether or not I'll go to Israel this year. That clear. Now, if you're like me, disruptive and disappointing circumstances sometimes make me angry (laughs) and get me stressed. How often do we push the pause button, though, and say, could God be speaking to me through this difficulty? And often in circumstances, God speaks to us more about our character than our plans. By the way, do you know how I got into into interim ministry? Circumstances. It's a phone call from Dan Peterson. And I said, I'll never do that, but I'll pray about it. I prayed about it. I uh, wanted to enter a ministry. Apart from that circumstance of a phone call, I'd never know you. That's the way God works. It's amazing. The next one that I want to talk to you about speaks is through discerning friends. Discerning friends. This is a gold mine for hearing the voice of God if we choose our friends wisely. God uses them to speak truth and advice into our lives. Now, perhaps the most notable book about this is Proverbs. Proverbs, chapter 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And nineteen twenty, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for your future. Sometimes a friend has to say the hard thing, doesn't he? So Proverbs 27, 6 is there. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, it's been my experience that there aren't a whole lot of people that I know in my own personal life who's a discerning friend. You've got to be very careful about this. They need to be a close friend and somebody who walks close with the Lord. You're not going to get the kind of advice and direction you need. Now, I have a few friends like this. I'm grateful for them. And I go to them when I need counsel and guidance, and direction, and they know they care about me and my well-being, and that they will be confidential and objective. I think you see all these things have to be there for a discerning friend. And so I counsel with certain people to see what they say about a decision, about a problem, about a situation in my life. And the first discerning friend I go to, any guesses? My wife. Yeah, thank you, Daryl. Exactly. She's the first one I go to. And then I got a few pastors I know around the country. And then I got a few friends in Erie that I know. Now, you don't want to talk to too many people. I've seen people talking to everybody about themselves, about all their problems. No, you got to keep it narrow. You don't have to have it that public. But a few tried and true and trusted friends are so important. Amen. 
I make no big decisions apart from deep conversations with discerning friends. And I take seriously Proverbs 15.22. It says, without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. And the opposite is also true. Proverbs 12.15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Now, why do I say discerning friends? Because you want friends who can see through things. You want friends who will tell you the hard truth. And one of the things that many people do when they get into a jam or a difficulty, they want to go to people to get what? What they want to hear. That's not a discerning friend. Neither do you want friends who give you these pious platitudes and personal judgments like Job's three friends. Remember them? Their best ministry was in chapter 2 when they kept their mouths shut and cried with them. And when they started to speak, it wasn't so good. Now, in the end, we must make the decisions. But I believe that we should value the counsel of discerning friends as a way God speaks to us. Number six, God speaks to us through promptings and urgings. Promptings and urgings. I take this as a very valid way the Holy Spirit leads. He ignites this compelling pressure within us to warn us or to prompt us into prayer and into action. Now, again, we see this often in the Bible. Let me just highlight a few in the New Testament. Simeon, moved by the Spirit to go to the temple where Joseph and Mary were dedicating Christ to God. And then Jesus, led by the Spirit in the desert to be tempted by the devil. And Paul, compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. These leadings of the Holy Spirit were equivalent to the voice of God speaking to them. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, promptings and urgings are very common in my life. And many times, it's as though God is speaking something very clearly to me. Go here. Do this. And something very specific comes to my mind and my spirit. And I have learned over the years, I better follow that. I've had many times I've regretted that I didn't. I, I think about one time, I was a Sunday afternoon watching football. And the Spirit of God kept saying, call your uncle in Dallas. Call your uncle in Dallas. Nah, nah, I don't want to interrupt my game. I'll call him later. I forgot about it. Thursday night, I got a phone call. He died. I've regretted not following that prompting almost all my life since then because I had the opportunity. I didn't take it. There was a strong prompting that came. And I've learned that when I follow the promptings, I usually have very good results because they must line up with the Word of God. They must not be temptations to do things wrong or I take them as the voice of God. So when you feel a strong inner directive to do something good, go ahead and do it. It's likely the Spirit of God pushing you along gently. The seventh way that he speaks to us is a settled peace. A settled peace. Sometimes life can be upsetting, right? Pretty stressful, pretty confusing. And sometimes we just don't feel right about something or a decision that we must make. Or maybe it's a good idea, and we can't come to peace. We don't feel right about it. I am so glad for verses like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It's a hard verse to apply. And I, just recently, I've been having to talk myself into this verse. But the truth of the verse is powerful. Do not be anxious for anything. You see the difficulty here? <laughs> I'm anxious for a lot of things. i got to talk to myself all the time. 
But by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you are feeling anxious, unsettled, nervous, and uptight about things, talk to God. Let him talk you off the ledge there to take away that anxiety. Unload it to him. Bring it to some of your friends looking for that serenity of peace that he wants to give to you and to me. And in due season, he will. And you'll sense that God has spoken. Like Jesus spoke to the wind, the waves and the wind, peace be still. And the peace we're talking about is a sense of release and relief, a feeling of tranquility and freedom. Now, the text says, when that peace comes, it may not make any human sense or logic. It says it's beyond all understanding. But once that peace comes, it says that it will begin to guard your heart. And that word guard means a military fortress or garrison. And that peace will protect your heart and your minds against attacks from Satan, from fear, from doubt, from whatever foe is there trying to steal it. And often when I can't get to this guarded place of peace, I sense it's the voice of God saying it's wrong. Or I shouldn't proceed. Or it's a warning. But when I feel release and peace and assurance about the matter, I believe it's the will of God in that circumstances. This happened to me some years ago with Haiti. The missionaries down there kept asking me every year, would you come down and speak? Would you come down and speak? And I said, sure, I'd love to. And I'd go to prayer about it, and I wouldn't get an answer that gave me peace. Four years in a row, I couldn't get peace. And when I stayed home and didn't go, I realized something happened in my life that only God would know, but he kept me from going. The fifth year, they called me. said, would you come down and speak? We're not going to ask you again. I was thinking, they probably thinking that. And I said, okay, I'll pray about it. I had such peace when I, when I prayed about that to go. And I went. we had an incredible ministry down there. But I sensed the voice of God through settled peace or unsettled peace. I sense the voice of God in two directions concerning the peace of God. If I can't get peace, it's a warning. It's a stop sign for me. If I get peace, it's God leading me in a divine direction. And I can tell you, understanding these things is a major win for you about the peace of God. Now, there are many other ways that God speaks to us. Dreams, yeah, he speaks in dreams. Christian literature, music that we sing. Christian music, and in nature, and more. Time fails me. I must move to the last way for today that God speaks. He speaks through Christ. Through Christ. Do you remember what the Apostle John said about Jesus? He's the Word. He's the Word. One of his many names. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, John 1, 1. Now, what's the function of a word? It is to speak to people in writing or audibly. And verse 14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and God sent Jesus to speak to us human beings. And not only that, in verse 18, it says, The word has made the Father known. Now, the Greek word there is exegeted. The word Jesus has explained, interpreted, expounded who the Father is to us, or we wouldn't know the Father. Now let's add what the author of Hebrews says along these lines in chapter 1-2. In these last days, God has spoken 
to us through his Son. In Jesus we see the Father, and through Jesus the Father speaks to us. Now this takes us back to where we began. The first way God speaks to us is in his word, the Bible. It's in that book and only in that book that we know what we know about Jesus. It's in that book and only in that book that Jesus makes known the Father to us. And it's in that book and only in that book that Jesus speaks to his disciples today. Christ speaks. Now listen to me. If you want to know more about the Father, you read what Jesus has to say about him in the Bible, in the New Testament. If you want to hear Jesus speaking personally and directly to you, are you ready for this? You probably heard nobody else ever say this to you. Read the red letters in the New Testament. That is Jesus' voice directly to people. There can be no more direct voice than that about he wants, what he wants from us. And if you want to hear Jesus' voice, you read and obey the red letters of the New Testament. Now, does it make sense with these eight ways? I hope it does. Let me wrap up. God speaks to us in many ways. I shared eight ways with you today. He is not silent. Somebody say amen. amen. He is not silent. Are we aware of how he speaks? And more important, are we listening? May I remind you that each and every way God speaks must line up with the word of God. Well, you'll be surprised once you know these ways and become adept to them, you'll be surprised how much God talks to us when our ears are tuned. And that's why Jesus and the Apostle John said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, let him hear. Now, the secret, here's the secret. You got to become practiced in this. Just can't kind of forget it and walk away and do it once in a while. You got to become practiced in listening for God's voice and blocking out all the competing voices that are there. There's so many voices out there competing for the voice of God today. You got to understand which is the voice of God and which one is not to listen to. And the older we get, the better at listening to God we should become. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. All these other voices flow from your word. We're so grateful that you speak to us today. And I pray, Father, that in this preaching of the word of God, you spoke to every heart, including mine today. And that when we leave here, we'll take this gold mine of ways you speak home with us and listen for your voice every single day. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then lastly, I want to invite uh, Jonathan up here. Uh, we do, um, we, it's very special to have Al and Marie here. And so we do want to pray for you, Al and Marie, as, uh, as we get to have you here. And I invited Jonathan. So if you want to come up as well, so we can pray for you and bless you as you go out. Thanks, Josiah. Thanks, debtors, for being here. Let's pray together. God, we are so blessed to have uh, Al's word um, this morning again, and Marie and some of the family here together. God, thank you so much for um, the evolution and, and transformation that you have facilitated through the debtors in their time here at CCC, through some really important moments and um, with important players. God, bless them in their ministry going forward. Um, thank you for the season you've given them of, of rest and recoup and 
going through family things together, um, heal that and help them to know uh, what's ahead and give Al and Marie a clear decision, peace, as we just heard about this morning, that, that they would hear your voice um, and hear a clear answer. Thank you for them. Uh, thank you for their lives and their ministry over the many, many years. Thanks for letting CCC and us as, as uh, being part of that family and part of that experience. And God, we just praise you for what you've done through them um, on all the many roads. We look forward to hearing stories of the many roads to come. Uh, thank you, God, for all you are to us. Um, keep us safe on our way out. Let's go out this week with a benediction. This is for you debtors. This is for all of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen and have a great week.